If spiritual growth has felt difficult or complicated or frustrating to you, I've got some great news for you, which is this. It's easier than you think. Hey, I'm Gabe Kolstad, and I'm here with the West Side Podcast and the Midweek Motivation episode. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about spiritual growth hacks. Now, I know that's not normally a word we would throw in there with a faith journey or Jesus or spiritual growth, but hacks are things that make things simpler. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a step that can make your process so much simpler. I don't want you to see it as a cheat because these things I'm going to share with you are legitimate time-tested and proven practices and principles that'll help you grow in your faith. And if that's something that you want to do, you want to get spiritually more solid, you want to build some of that strength of character, you want to be able to withstand the pressures of peer pressure or temptation or inner battles, then you need your spiritual growth to accelerate. And we've seen this so many times. And in fact, uh, today's Talk is not just based on observations or even anecdotes. This is based on real research that was done over the course of 10 years by a research firm with a half a million people who were people who professed to be Christians and they were tracking their spiritual growth. And this reveal study really did reveal where people are and how they grow. And uh, and so then we know uh, there are some steps that you can take. And I want to share today three steps with you and then a few rhythms that you can use in your life to really settle in to a a place of constant spiritual growth. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if month after month, year after year, you became stronger and stronger, stronger, spiritually speaking. You felt closer in your relationship with your creator. You felt like you had more meaning in your life. You know, you felt like when you closed your eyes to pray, something was really happening in your connection with God. You felt like when you had a battle that there was a real strength that was enveloping you, that there was a real foundation of firmness that you were standing on. And then you had so much happening in your life, you could share it with other people. Well, that's where we're going to go in these next few minutes. And, you know, we're following up from a message series that we're in the middle of at Westside Community Church called Finding Freedom. And this last weekend, I spoke about how you could never feel empty again. And we're going to kind of follow that up with some spiritual growth hacks. So here we go. I want to give you, first of all, the steps that are just absolutely proven to help people grow spiritually. And they're, they're not really obvious in, in one sense. So I want you to pay attention, maybe even grab a pen and some paper or get out your phone right now as you're watching or listening to this and, and write these down because these will help you every single day if you will put them into practice. So the first step that I want you to think about, again, from the research is this, is when people do this one thing, they grow spiritually, and that is embrace the Trinity. I'm going to say that again. Embrace the Trinity. The Trinity is a teaching from Scripture, from the Bible, about the character and the nature of God. Who is God? And, you know, the Trinity means three in one. You may have heard of this before. Uh, You know, you've probably got friends who've named their kids Trinity, or, uh, you know, you've, you've heard of a college named Trinity. You've heard this word thrown around. It means three in one, and it describes how God is three in one. He's, he's, he's one in the sense that he's one person, he's one essence, but he's three in the sense that he's three expressions of that essence. And the, the three expressions of that essence, according to scripture, have always been. They've always been. All three eternity. No beginning, no end. 
And here's the three expressions. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there's something special that happens when you embrace the reality that God is three personalities, if you will. He's three expressions of this one being. And uh, it, it kind of works itself out like this. Basically, if you think about the relationship between a father and a son, it starts to make sense a little bit. The father sent the son, Jesus Christ, and uh, and the son and the father sent the spirit. And so basically, if you think about it, father, son, Holy Spirit, those are three in one. And it's much like an egg. We've used this description before here at Westside, and uh, it's, it makes a lot of sense. An egg is really one thing, but it does have three parts. It has the shell, it has the white, and it has the yolk. And when you look at those three together, they make up an egg. And the same goes with God. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I know that's a very, very simplistic description of something that is nearly impossible to get our minds around. But I think here's where the rubber meets the road on this. If you'll embrace the Trinity, then you'll embrace the fact that God is Father to you. That means he is there for you to provide for you, to protect you. That means he cares for you. He knows you. He loves you unconditionally, like a good father would, that he is that perfect father. You know, whatever your image of father is or fatherhood is, think of a perfect parent, somebody that is absolutely, totally balanced in their love and in their discipline, somebody that loves you every time you come back, somebody that picks you up when you fall down and scrape your knee. This is God, the father. And when we understand that part of who he is, it helps us to want to approach him. And that's why embracing the Trinity is important. Same goes with the Son, to understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Father and Son, and that the Father sent the Son. Why? Because he loved us so much that he needed to find a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Because we know that everybody has sinned, and that cuts off our relationship with God. And so the Son steps in, on our behalf, almost as a brother would. And in sometimes the scripture uses an illustration like that, calls us co-heirs with Christ. In other words, he has stepped in as our substitute and to take the beating, to take the punishment, to take the, the death that we deserve. And instead he gave us his own righteousness. And it makes us so grateful for grace it makes us so willing to follow Jesus as our leader because he went the distance for us. When you understand God as father and God as son, something starts to click because you realize that God isn't this kind of amorphous, kind of this mysterious figure out there somewhere in the ether, but that he is so personal and he loves us so much. Father, son, and then Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit meaning God sent, God the Father and God the Son sent the Holy Spirit. And, and that happened, by the way, we know that they sent the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, wait here in Jerusalem until I send my Spirit. Acts chapter 1 in the New Testament. And then the disciples waited. Jesus ascends to heaven according to the scripture, and then the Holy Spirit comes. And with the Holy Spirit came power, came comfort, came guidance, uh, came came just the absolute presence of God living and dwelling, according to the Bible, in us. And so now, when you think about God saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he really backed that up by sending the Spirit. And the Spirit is with you everywhere you go, all of the time. 
He, he, he's with you when you're lonely. He's with you when you're sad. He's with you when you're angry. He's with you when you're wandering off and he's always pulling you back. And he's, he's with you when you're confused and you need that guidance. He's whispering. He's comforting. He's always there. This is God. And when we embrace the Trinity, something starts to happen in our spiritual growth. We all of a sudden want to pursue this one who is so wonderfully complex, but so personal. That's one of the steps. It's one of the, one of the real steps that you need to take if you want to accelerate your spiritual growth. Get into a study about that. Read the Bible about it. You know, ask some questions, but understand God loves you like a father. He sent the son to be our sacrifice, and then they sent the spirit to be with us forever. Embrace the Trinity. That's step number one. Step number two, if you want to grow spiritually, you got to engage in transformational community. Engage in community. In other words, with other people who are on the same journey, we call it at Westside transformational community because we know this, there's there's different kinds of community. You could be in a community of just maybe people who play ping pong and that's your community. And that's that can be really good. But if it's not moving you somewhere spiritually, then it's not going to transform your life. And so we're encouraging you to get into transformational community. At Westside, we offer a couple of ways to do that. Groups do that and serving teams do that. It's these places where you can come and you can know you're going to be accepted. You can know you're going to be heard. You're going to be known. I mean, there's wonderful things that happen when you do that. We'll talk more a little bit about that. But one of the things that goes along with that transformational community that makes it so transformational is really interacting with Scripture together. When you do that, something happens to accelerate your spiritual growth because you're learning in a group spiritual principles from the Word of God that move you forward. That's a really important step. Get into community. And, and you know, there's a lot of reasons why people don't do it, but uh, I, there's a lot of reasons to do it. So that's step number two. Uh, so embrace the Trinity, number one. Number two, engage in transformational community. Number three, explore your calling. Explore your calling. Because, listen, it's easy to stay stuck in life if you don't have a good reason to grow. And calling is that reason. I mean, when you realize you were put here on this earth for a purpose, that no one else but you can fulfill, a purpose that's urgent and important, a purpose that's beautiful, it's designed by God, a purpose that is ultimately wonderful in the world because when you express what God made you to do, everybody wins. When you realize that your life matters so much to God that he actually thought up every single day of your life and he designed every 24-hour period with things that you can do to live out your calling, that are good, that make a difference, that help people. He's guiding people toward you. He's arranging circumstances so that you rise to the occasion to do just what you were made to do. That's your calling. Powerful. And it gives you such a reason to grow. It gives you such a reason to lean in that that's the motivation sometimes we need to just go for it. And so these three things can be steps that really accelerate our growth. Again, embrace the Trinity, engage in transformational community, and explore your calling. Figure out why you're here. Not just universally why you're here. We know we're here because God wants us to, to know him. That's a universal thing. He wants all of us to know to know him, to fall in love with Jesus, and to become followers of Jesus that then share our faith with other people. That's universal. Everybody's, everybody's supposed to do that. But then there's those unique things that you're calling, specific to you. And when you, when you explore that, uh, you're going to see the fire lit. You're going to see the lights turn on. You're going to see things start to pick up pace because 
that's where the magic happens. All right, the, the, the next part, so we've got some steps, right? And then we've got some rhythms. This is so important. I want you to know that rhythms are where you practice the steps. And so I want you to think about three different rhythms. One of them is daily time with God. Daily time with God. I mean, God is real, right? He's personal. So, uh, you know, it'd be like being married and, and saying, hey, you know, honey, uh, it was great hanging out with you this Sunday morning for an hour. It was fun. And, uh, and I can't wait till next Sunday morning when I get to see you again for another hour. You know, and sometimes we treat our faith like that, like it's a, it's a one hour a week deal. But no, it's a it's 178 hours. I think that's the right uh, number. Maybe it's 168. It's, it's all the hours of the week. <laughs> and uh, that's how many hours that God wants to be in community with us. And so uh, a daily time with God is so important to, to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get specifically focused on this, this relationship with God every single day for a block of time. And it doesn't have to be hours and hours. I want to recommend something short. This is where you build your reflexes. We talked about those in the weekend message that I just taught at Westside, but it's your triggers and it's your transitions. Triggers are things that kind of get you triggered. They, they, they set you off. They, they, they make you worried or they make you mad or they make you afraid. Uh, you know, they, they pull you in the wrong direction. Those are triggers and, and you can learn to notice those things. And, and as you get God's word in you, as you spend that daily time, with him, it, it gets easier to notice those things. And then there's the transitions where you're going to notice that trigger and then you're going to move into a transition that gets you back on path or back into the circle of, of really being close with Jesus. So that's why we need a daily time with God. Now, a couple things you can do in this, in this time, and maybe I suggest like 15 minutes, okay? Just a simple thing. 15 minutes. Say, say in that time, you're going to read scripture. Um, and I recommend getting on a Bible reading plan. I recommend not being random about this. I mean, randomness leads to chaos. Don't do that. Do something intentional. You can get the, get the Bible app. That's a great hack right there. Download the free Bible app, downloaded by hundreds of millions of people. And it's trusted. It's amazing. It's got so many features in it. And you can go right on. You can listen to it be read to you. You can pick a Bible reading plan that fits your own need at the time. Maybe you, you need something that's going to help you with worry or parenting or, or faith or fear or hope. All of those things are Bible reading plans. You can just search for right there on the Bible app, on your phone, on your tablet, even on your desktop. But you can use tools that help you to be intentional about this. So you're going to read the Word of God. Then you're going to reflect on it. I recommend journaling, but you can even take notes right there in the Bible app. I recommend journaling because it gives you a chance to kind of write things out. Tell God how you're feeling. You can even then go into the third thing, which would be request. Read, reflect, request. What are you going to talk to God about? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? He wants to know. He wants to hear from you. Because as you share those things with God, then he's going to start transforming you in a greater way. And uh, one of the things that I want to give you as an opportunity is at Westside, we're going on a journey. It's almost Easter. And so starting on March the 12th, we're going to kick off a 29-day Bible reading plan that prepares us for Easter together. And, and it's going to be social because it's going to be on the Bible app. It's a shared reading plan. And you can see uh, other people uh, in there and, and you can have conversations. You can make comments if you want to. You can read their comments if they post them. But it's a fun way to get involved in something that's going to be very helpful and it's going to give us daily time with God, all right? So then the second rhythm that I want to encourage you about is a weekly Sabbath, okay? I know, I know Sabbath is like an Old Testament, Old old Covenant, you know, kind of old school thing that people talk about. And it's probably a word that not many people use ever. But Sabbath was something that God gave us an example of when he created the heavens and the earth. And it said he created everything in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And then he commanded the children of Israel 
in the Old Testament to practice the Sabbath. But the thing is, is that we've always needed that rhythm. And, uh, and so, you know, I believe that this is a principle of stress and release, of on and off. And you might think of it as a day off, but most people on their day off are still frantically doing all the other stuff that they couldn't get done during the week. And that is not the intent that God has for your day of rest. Everybody needs a day of rest. And, uh, you know, there's, there's not that many things that were in the Ten Commandments, only ten. And this was one of them. It was so important to God, he put it in the Ten Commandments. And there's a few things that I think you could use your Sabbath for that could really make it special. And if you if you were to start practicing this, I think you would never go back. Because if you really got serious about this, you would you would feel so much life coming back into your life by just having a rhythm of resting that uh, you would say, that's too valuable. Whatever else I have to cut out of my life, I'm going to cut out. That's got to stay. Here's four things that I personally use my Sabbath. For me, that's my Mondays. Now, I'm a pastor, and so my weekends are not time off. But Monday for me is time off. And I love it for lots of reasons. One, because my wife likes it, because we've had Mondays off for a long time, and it's become a great tradition for us to spend Mondays together and have that time of rest and slowing down and not working. And and we do other things instead. We rest. Rest is important, you know. Sleep in a little bit. Move a little slower, you know. Don't try to stack your day with all the things that you have to do. Rest is so important because it just resets your life, you know. You take a couple of deep breaths. Maybe you go on a little drive, you know. Maybe you you can sneak away for a night sometimes and do that. Um, But resting is so important. Then you reconnect. I think that's important. You got to reconnect, first of all, with your creator. Take time to reconnect. I spend a little more time with God on my day off. I slow it down. I read a little slower. I think a little more. You know, I, sometimes I sit in silence for a little bit and just go, man, God is so good to me. You know, think of ways, make a Thanksgiving list, anything like that that can just really reconnect you with God and reconnect with your loved ones. It's important to have that slow time with people. They say life happens in the margin, in the white space, right? So slow it down, reconnect, and then recreate. You know, do something fun. I mean, the word recreation comes from the word recreate, which means recreate. It's good for us to do stuff that's fun, to do things we enjoy. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's an activity. But something that gives you life. A wise friend of mine told me one time, find out what recharges you and schedule it regularly. And this is a spiritual growth principle, okay? That's why God made it one of the big 10. Because if we always run tightly wound at some point, we're going to snap. And so we've got to take that that Sabbath time. The, the last thing is get ready. So, you know, get ready for the week. Think about where, what's, what's important this week. What do I want to be like this week? How do I want to live this week? What are my priorities this week? How does my relationship with God fit into this week? How does my relationship with my family, my loved ones, fit in this week? How does my service to others fit in this week? Plan that stuff out. Because uh, randomness leads to chaos, and this helps us to be more intentional. So rest, reconnect, recreate, and get ready. I think it's important to note this is not something to be legalistic about. This is not something to, to you know, put your stopwatch on and, and all that. It kind of defeats the purpose if we do that. But it is something to take seriously and to really practice that day of rest, all right? That's the second rhythm. And the, and the third one is this, is the rhythm of transformational community. This this getting together with other people who are on a faith journey, moving the same direction as you in a rhythm. I mean, consistent, you know, 
that it's not something you do once in a great while. It's, it's baked into your life. It's on a schedule even. Maybe it's weekly. Maybe it's every other week, something like that. But regular connection with other people that you know, that know you. And in the New Testament, you know what they did? They did this, this rhythm. It was temple courts and house to house. That's how the early church in Jerusalem first got started. They met in the temple courts. At times, they say there were tens of thousands of people meeting in the temple courts. A lot of people. Why, did, why would they do that? Well, they did that because it was a collective worship experience. It was a collective gathering to learn and to, to, to then thank God out loud publicly. And we continue that tradition to this day. It's why, it's why we keep doing it is because it was as a pattern that was set in the first church where we worship together, we learn together, and we have strength of community. And it's reviving. If you've never been a part of something like that, I hope you'll pop into a West Side service and see how it makes you feel to be in a room full of people that are, that are trying to move in the same direction and, and to be inspired together to pursue God. Uh, then there was the house to house. So it was the large group thing. And then it's the house to house. It's like the small group thing. And it's why often you, you, you see churches organize themselves like this around larger gatherings, around smaller environments where you can know people and be known. I think that's so important. Know and be known. Where you can serve and be served. Really important. And where you can learn from one another. You know, where somebody's sharing their perspective, maybe about a passage of scripture, maybe about a life issue. And you're learning from them. And then somebody's sharing a need. And at times there's opportunity to say, hey, maybe we ought to grab a cup of coffee because actually I've been through that very same thing. That's called transformational community. I and mean, that's where your life gets changed. You know, sometimes you're serving together shoulder to shoulder in these environments. And you're watching somebody do something that makes a difference in somebody else's life. And then you're doing something that makes a difference in somebody else's life. These things are electrifying for your spiritual growth. And so I want to encourage you about these things. So that's transformational community. Those three rhythms are daily time with God, a weekly Sabbath, and then regular, consistent transformational community. These are things that will make a difference in your life if you will practice them. Now, maybe hacks is an overstatement because, yeah, they do take some work, right? But it's laid out for you. It's time tested. It's even research backed. This is the stuff that helps people grow in their faith. And I hope you take those steps. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and I want to ask you a couple of favors. One, would you subscribe to this podcast? Because we want to help you on a regular basis. Don't want you to miss a single one. Would you share it with a friend? Because we think there's lots of people that need to grow in their faith and want some help with it. We're here to help. And then last, would you stop by a Westside service either online this weekend at westsidecommunitychurch.com or even in person at our campus in the Portland, Oregon area. You can find out everything you need to know on our website, westsidecommunitychurch.com. Hope you have a great week and let's grow together.